Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Do you want to be wise? Do you want to be wise? As you've heard already, we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs for all of this summer. And it is a book all about wisdom. And I wonder whether when we think of wisdom, we think of old men with long, white, bushy beards or widows in rocking chairs saying cryptic things, which frankly, I think feels pretty hard to get excited about. But I think if we understood the sort of thing that the Bible means by wisdom, uh, we'd see what a brilliant it is, a brilliant thing it is that we get to spend the whole summer in Proverbs. Uh, because wisdom is all about making decisions. To illustrate, let me tell you a story about a famously wise king of Israel called Solomon. If you look down at verse 1, he's named there. And like all Israelite kings, he's a judge. Uh, kings are meant to decide disputes to uphold God's law and to do what's right. And we find uh, King Solomon in this story, in his court, hearing a tragic case. Two new mothers stood before him, one with a baby and one without. Uh, tragically, one of the babies has died and both mothers claim that the living child is hers. Uh, she stole my child, one says. She's lying, says the other. And Solomon is left to decide who gets the baby. So Solomon thinks for a moment. Everyone waits with bated breath. And finally, his judgment comes. Give the baby to the real mother. Actually, that's not what he says. Um, and it would have been absolutely useless um, if it had been. Because though technically correct... It's blindingly obvious that the right thing to do is to give the baby to its mother. Uh, it's obvious what the right thing to do is in that circumstance. Uh, in reality, wise King Solomon suggested uh, cutting the baby in two and watch their responses, which revealed the real mother. It's a pretty famous story. Uh, but Solomon's wisdom wasn't knowing right and wrong in a sort of abstract sense. 
Uh, that was obvious in this situation. Uh, but Solomon needed wisdom uh, to figure out how he would tell who was lying so that justice would be done. Uh, wisdom is understanding the world uh, so that you can do what is right. Uh, wise people understand the world. Uh, they understand how people work. Uh, so when it comes to a difficult decision uh, where what to do isn't obvious, uh, they can understand that situation. Uh, they can figure out what is really happening, uh, what's motivating the people involved. Uh, they can figure out how to act and when to act. We're not kings like Solomon, uh, but all of us make decisions day by day by day. Uh, and most of the time, how to do what's right just isn't obvious. Uh, for example, say you're offered the chance to go for a new job, uh, which pays more, but which leaves you with much less time. Uh, if you're a Christian, obviously, the right thing to do is to make the best use of the time and money that God has given you. Obviously. Uh, but it's probably not clear how you would do that in this particular situation. Uh, more money means you could support a friend going into set-aside gospel ministry, uh, but you'd have less time to serve your church and to, to love the people around you. Do you go for the job? Uh, to make these sorts of decisions, well, we need wisdom. Oh, how about this? There's a conflict between two of your family members over a comment that one of them has made. It is escalated and they're very angry at each other. Uh, and now you think that one of them is definitely in the wrong. Uh, and you think the right thing to do is to say something to them, to help them make peace. Uh, but do you say something? When do you say something? To whom do you say it? It just isn't obvious. Uh, life is complicated. People are complicated. Uh, there are lots of moving parts in the world. And if we're going to live for God in a very complicated world we need to know more than what is right. We need wisdom. And I'd love us to see that Proverbs is the absolute best place to be, uh, if that's what we want. Uh, because the first thing that we see as we open up this book is that Proverbs can make you wise. Proverbs can make you wise. That's verses one to seven. Uh, and if the book of Proverbs was in Waterstones today, I think verses 1 to 6, verses 1 to 7, would be the blurb. Uh, look down with me at verse 2. Uh, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing. Proverbs is inviting us in, asking, do you want to be wise? Do you want to be trained in wisdom? And if so, read on. Or verse 4 to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. The blurb goes on. If you're naive, if you're gullible, you too could be crafty and world-wise. Your foolish teenager who seems to make every single wrong decision going, they too could be sensible. Just read on. And Proverbs isn't just a beginner course either. It can make the wise wiser. Verse 5. Uh, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. Wherever we're at with wisdom, Proverbs can train us to be wiser. Uh, and with the reference to Solomon in verse 1, uh, the blurb for the Proverbs training course comes with its own little testimonial, as used by His Royal Highness, the King of Israel. 
And the royal connections go even deeper. Verse 3 offers instruction in righteousness, justice, and equity. As we heard at the beginning, kings make decisions. They decide disputes. And righteousness, justice, and equity is the absolute best character profile of a judge with good judgment. It's the character description of a good king. So Proverbs offers us wisdom to rule well, too. In fact, the whole of the first nine chapters are framed as addresses from a royal father to his royal son. Uh, Look down with me at verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instructions. We're meant to think this is David, I think, passing on wisdom to his son, Solomon. And we get to listen in, uh, because there's an extent to which God made us all to be rulers, to make decisions, to make judgments. Uh, This is wisdom fit for a king, to make us wise like Solomon for all of the decisions that we have to make in life. And since we're stepping into the shoes of a prince, uh, Proverbs even personifies wisdom for us. It personifies wisdom as a beautiful princess. Uh, We'll call her Lady Wisdom. Um, She appears at the end of chapter one, but we'll meet her throughout the book. Uh, And Solomon is essentially being told, find Lady Wisdom and marry her. Uh, But for now, because it's basically the same thing, uh, let's settle on read Proverbs. It's a bit less intimidating. Uh, But before we open the book uh, to start our search for wisdom, we're almost there. Verse 7 adds a proviso. Uh, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. If we want to be wise, uh, reading Proverbs is only step two. Step one is fearing the Lord. Proverbs claim, uh, controversial as it is, is that you cannot be wise without first having a right fear of the God of the Bible, a right trembling at his awesome power, just like we've been thinking about today. Unless you acknowledge the God who created absolutely everything, your understanding of the world is never going to be complete. You will never be able to live rightly in this complicated world. In fact, the whole point of wisdom is so that you can make good decisions, good choices, and live rightly. Um, And the whole Bible is united in its claim uh, that that good life, that right life that you seek, is defined by knowing and fearing the Lord who made heaven and earth. Uh, And maybe this also helps us with the way that Proverbs ties up wisdom uh, with things like life and blessing and wealth. You may know that about Proverbs. Uh, And foolishness with death. Some people think that Proverbs is telling a very different story to the rest of the Bible, but it just isn't. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and wisdom can offer life and blessing because she leads you to fear the Lord. If you're not here today as a Christian, I'm really glad that you're here. I hope you find the idea of a wise life really attractive, but please don't think that Proverbs is just another self-help book dressed up in a religious outfit. Its core claim, like the whole of the rest of the Bible, is that God is real, he's unique, and that you cannot claim to be wise unless you know and fear him. If you find anything that Proverbs is saying attractive, it would be great to investigate that core claim. So fearing God is step one of wisdom. If we're not on board with that, 
there is absolutely no point in pursuing wisdom. But if you fear God, Proverbs can make you wise. Proverbs can make you wise. And now that was the book's blurb. Uh, if that was the book's blurb, the rest of the chapter is like the foreword that you might find uh, if you just flick through it in the bookshop. Uh, before the wisdom curriculum starts in earnest in chapter two, uh, the writer wants to give us two warnings. Uh, think of them like a little meeting with a tutor before the start of term, uh, just so she can inform you uh, all of the mistakes that past students have made so that you don't make them. It's a warning. Uh, and, and the first warning is there in verses eight to 19. There will be other voices. There will be other voices. Proverbs wants us to know that the voice of wisdom is not the only voice that we will hear. Uh, We need to be aware that there will be people calling us in a completely different direction. And those voices are going to be enticing. Look down at verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, Let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. As Christians, we seek wisdom so that we can choose what is right, what God wants. Uh, But these voices, they make evil seem attractive. Look at verse 13. Look at what they say. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. Do you hear what they're offering? Flashy appeal, excitement, power, wealth. They're saying, join us, let's have some fun. We'll be rich and more importantly, we will be together. Whatever happens, you will be one of us. Uh, The father here has given a pretty extreme example of sin, uh, robbing and killing passers-by. But we see this sort of enticement, this sort of enticement to sin in our schools and our offices too. Uh, We see it when nice teenagers are lured in by the attraction of the in crowd and find themselves joining in as the group picks on um, the unpopular girls. Or maybe a lawyer is appointed to a dynamic, close-knit team. Uh, They feel like brothers and you do anything uh, for each other. It it feels so great to be a part of something so exciting uh, that of course you won't make a fuss Uh, when when you notice that the team leader is just twisting the truth to get your firm an advantage over other firms. Uh, These voices will encourage you uh, to pursue wealth regardless of what you have to do to get it. These voices, they want us to set our eyes on owning the house, on going on the holidays, on getting the top job and the fat pension. And they want us to set our eyes on them and go for those things whatever it takes on the way. And I think the thing that makes this warning so needed is that it just really won't be obvious that those other people are on the wrong path. Uh, Look at verse 17. In vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird, uh, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Uh, Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. You see, sin is a trap. Uh, The consequences won't be obvious. Obvious traps just don't work. Uh, No bird is going to fly and throw itself into a net to be eaten. That's just not how hunting works. Uh, And it really does look like most people uh, who pick that sinner's path 
just get away with it. Uh, company bosses who tolerate slave labor in their supply chain, they get mansions. Most criminals, uh, whether they're robbing banks or uh, just fiddling the books slightly, most criminals never get caught. Most criminals get to retire and enjoy their ill-gotten gain in comfort. Uh, but be warned, Proverbs says, that is a trap. Only wisdom can offer real life. Uh, because only wisdom helps you fear God and obey him. Uh, these other voices that we'll hear, they promise so much. But ultimately, as always, sin comes back to bite. Whether here or in God's courtroom on the last day, sin leads only to death. That's the first warning that wisdom has for us there will be other voices. And the second warning as we pursue wisdom is right there in verses 20 to 33. Wisdom isn't popular. That's the second warning. Wisdom isn't popular. As I said, this is the first appearance of Lady Wisdom. Wisdom personifies. And we see that she's a street preacher. Verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. Uh, wisdom is going everywhere, crying out her message, offering wisdom to all who want it. Uh, and you'd have thought that people would jump at the chance to be wise. But people love their foolishness. Uh, look at how her message is going down in verse 22. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? Or verse 24, she says, because I have called and you refused to listen. She's not getting a very good response, probably like most street preachers. Wisdom isn't popular. Uh, now, it's a really surprising claim. Certainly most don't choose to fear the God of the Bible, however much they try to be wise. Uh, but I think it's more than that. Uh, perhaps not bothering with wisdom just makes life a little bit easier. Uh, we love quick fixes. We love simple rules for life little nuggets of wisdom that we can store away and bring out at the right moment. Uh, but as we read Proverbs, we'll find that wisdom isn't just a case of pulling out the right proverb for the right occasion. Uh, and that might be why it's unpopular. Uh, most of wisdom, most of Proverbs, are like little brain teasers, forcing you to examine the world. Uh, and that means wisdom takes effort. Uh, they're like training exercises to make wise people. Uh, and once you've thought about it, uh, sometimes wisdom also means not doing what we want. Uh, wisdom is about understanding the world so that we can do what is right, which won't always be what we want to do. Uh, perhaps that's why wisdom isn't popular. Perhaps it makes it easier just to do what feels good. It's worth reflecting on why people reject wisdom. Uh, it's worth measuring this claim against the real world. Uh, but these verses are mainly here to warn us uh, not to reject wisdom. Uh, sorry, these verses are mainly here to warn us that most will reject wisdom. Uh, we'll see that again in verse 28. Uh, wisdom switches from you to they. Uh, she started off appealing to the people who had rejected wisdom, uh, but now she switches to, telling, to talking to us uh, and talking about what will happen to them. Verse 28 then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. 
It's as if wisdom is turning, to the, turning away from the people who reject her, uh, turning straight to the reader, turning straight to us, straight to camera, and saying, please don't make the same mistake as them. This is a warning for those of us who are listening to wisdom. She's preparing us for the fact uh, that choosing her will make us different to most people. This passage puts it pretty starkly, but sadly, most people won't choose wisdom and the fear of the Lord. If the first warning was preparing us for people enticing us into foolishness, then this second one is more about preparing us to be in the minority, uh, to to swim against the tide. If you look at films today, the message comes through loud and clear. Uh, Why are you thinking so hard about those choices? Why do you care so much about what God thinks? Follow your heart. Don't you know the right thing to do is just to do what feels good, what feels right? Uh, But Proverbs warns us that is folly. And folly, very sadly, leads to death. Verse 32. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. It is so easy to slip into doing just what everyone else does. It's so easy to retweet without thinking, uh, to just make the choice that best suits us, the one that makes us feel good. And it's actually quite hard to pursue wisdom. Uh, We'll need to help each other along the way. Uh, Listening to Proverbs is hard work, uh, made harder by the fact that wisdom is not a popular road. Wisdom isn't popular. And in fact, it's really striking that Proverbs opens on such a negative note, uh, with wisdom lamenting the fact that most people choose folly. We'll see in later weeks that that's meant to reflect Solomon's life. Even King Solomon, that king we were hearing about at the beginning, uh, that son who's hearing this wisdom from his father, even he made the wrong choice. In the end, despite a very good start of wisdom, he chose folly idolatry, adultery. And Proverbs reminds us of this uh, because it doesn't just want to train us to be wise. Uh, Proverbs wants to train us to look out for a truly wise king. Uh, A king that we believe has now come in the person of Jesus. Uh, Proverbs, as we listen, will help us to appreciate what it means uh, for us to say that Jesus is a very good king who rules the world uh, with wisdom. Even today, I think we've seen that that makes, uh, even, sorry, even today, uh, I think we've seen that that means that Jesus fears God. He always feared God. Um, Jesus being a good king means that he makes judgments with righteousness and justice and equity. There will never be a wrong decision in Jesus' court. There will never be a decision that he goes off half-cocked and and, and thinks, oh, I'm just going to look at what's here before me and not actually dig down deeper. Uh, Jesus would never be enticed into sin with the promise of wealth. Uh, And he wasn't afraid of swimming against the tide as he thought hard about how to make decisions that honour God in a complicated world. Proverbs will help us to appreciate what it means that Jesus is a wise king. Uh, But even though we're not this wise king, uh, Proverbs trains us to be wise. Let's not forget that. Proverbs will train us to understand the world so that we can make decisions that please God. It can be agonizingly hard to make those decisions. Do we retweet? 
Do we take that job? Do we say those things? When do we speak? When do we keep quiet? It can be agonizingly hard. But my hope is that as we study Proverbs this summer, we're going to get wiser so that all of us can get better at doing it what's right in a complicated world. Uh, let me pray for us as we start that journey of wisdom this summer and even today. Let me pray. Father, we pray for wisdom. As we read Proverbs, please train us to see how this world really works so that we can make choices that honour you and lead to life. Please help us to spot those voices that lead us into folly and to stand as we tread a path of wisdom that others are not taking. Most of all, Father, please give us a right fear of you and a deeper knowledge of your Son, Jesus. Amen.